Welcome home. As you listen to New Life the Fort, may you continue to experience the fullness of joy, life, and Christ in the days ahead. I'm glad to be here, especially because the devil tried to keep me away from here. And uh, among the volunteers from Jesus Festival, they even have a doctor and a nurse. Only I had them at my bed two o'clock this night. That's not such a good time. But they were there. They were available. So I ate something wrong or drank something wrong. So I had uh, a stomach problem. So uh, I thought this night, oh, I'm not going to make it. And uh, Pastor Mitch already said, oh, I thought... If he's not going to come, I need to prepare something. <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> and then we thought, well, let's try the first service. See how the body does it. Because I'm a bit sore. <laughs> Do you guys also have that sometimes then? That that happens here that you need to go to the toilet like ten times. And, <laughs> and then it comes out different ways. <laughs> Down, up. <laughs> Yeah, it was the real thing. <laughs> but <laughs> no further details, sister. <laughs> but even 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 if after the first service I wouldn't have felt fit enough, I would still go for the second service. Because it's so nice to preach for Filipinos. Yeah. This is what I mean, you know, you just say something and there they go, <laughs> through the whole room, yes! Well, I think I have something very good for you, it's for your uh, daily practical life. I think often our, uh, our relationship with the Lord, or you could call it our Christian life, it goes up and down. And on a Sunday, we feel very good, and when we're helped to worship, um, yeah, then you, uh, you uh, know it again and you feel close to the Lord. But then during the week and, and uh, when all kinds of stuff happens, feeling-wise it goes a bit like this. And I think the Lord wants us to have a steady life and then not down but up. Amen? Amen. Now, we're going to start uh, in the letter to the Galatians. The first service really had to laugh because that's really a way to make friends, to use this Bible verse. So let's have it on. Galatians 3, verse 3. Are you so foolish? <laughs> oh, now it is quiet. <laughs> Don't worry, it's written to the Galatians, not to the Filipinos. It says, are you so foolish that after beginning in the Spirit, you now seek perfection through your own effort? And then it goes on. Have you suffered so much for nothing? If it is yet for nothing, did God give you his spirit and work miracles among you because you observed the law or because you heard and believed the gospel? That's actually a very interesting verse because Paul is actually saying God gave you the spirit. God worked miracles among you. Wow. He said, but tell me, did he do it by you observing the law or did he do it through you hearing the gospel? And respond to that, believing it. So he doesn't doubt if the Galatians have spirit life in their midst. He just says, guys, you lost it. It started so good, you were up. 
you had the spirit, you had miracles working amongst you, and then you dropped. And the whole point is, he says, the other, the other option than hearing the gospel and believing it is observing the law. And he's talking about their eyes. So I want to talk a bit about two mirrors in which you can look. And God wants us to look in the right mirror. And the mirror of the law, if you observe that, if you use your eyes to look in the mirror of the law, you will get knowledge about yourself. It's not nice to see. You get to see, ooh, I failed. I have shortcomings, flaws, failures. Anyone? <laughs> yeah, and what happens? If we do that, if we observe the law and we, we, we realize who we are, there is no spirit and no work, miracle working uh, in our midst. Amen? But it's also for your daily life. If you want to walk in the spirit strong, when needed, spiritual stuff happening, that doesn't work if you're aware of self. If it's up to you, if it's your effort. So Paul is just saying, turn back to where you started. Hear the gospel. Believe it. And you'll have the spirit. So we're going to see what the other mirror is to look into. You might guess it. And uh, we're going to see how it works in our daily life if we look in the wrong mirror and what the effects are. Now, to help us, another way to, to walk more steadily, uh, walk in the spirit, you could say you have to walk in, in the resurrection day. Because you died with Christ and you were resurrected. Only the point, that you, do you sing that song here? Uh, how does it go? The same power that conquered the grave lives in me lives in me yeah, and I, I found that sometimes a bit frustrating that song because i think I, i'm singing the same power which got jesus from the death lives in me but how that practically works out for me it doesn't look like that doesn't feel like that but we're gonna see how to walk in your resurrection day how to walk in the resurrection day how to walk in your resurrection life and I brought some pictures, and the first one, look, this is in Israel, and this is called the road to Emmaus. The next one, we've been there with our church, you just see two people walking there, it's people from our church, and it's, uh, it's just a path, but it's a very special path, and it's also for you. The Lord wants to walk an Emmaus walk with you. And it all has to do with spiritual life. Are you ready? We first go where it went wrong. In Genesis. There were two people, Adam and Eve. And they ate from the wrong tree. It was called the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And actually that's already the first picture of the law. Because the law says, thou shalt do good. Knowledge of good. Thou shalt not do evil. So the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was deadly. The, the, the God had warned them. But they ate from it. So it was two people eating. And then it says in Genesis 3, verse 7, And their eyes were open, and they were conscious that they had no clothing. And they made themselves coats of leaves stitched together. So we have two people 
eating, and because of the eating, their eyes were opened. And other translation says they saw they were naked. They realized their shortcoming. We always think that Adam saw Eve and thought, hey, you're naked. No, it's about self. <laughs> you realize you are naked. I have shortcomings. But two people eating, eyes open, focus on self. And there came to them the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the evening. So we have two people eating, eyes opened, awareness of self. Then God comes walking in the evening. Yeah? You have the elements? And the man and his wife went to a secret place among the trees of the garden, away from the eyes of the Lord. And now we go to the road to Emmaus on the resurrection day. The Bible says that very day. We know that whole story. The Lord resurrected from the dead. Mary went to the tomb. Peter went to the tomb. All kinds of stuff happening. We often know that. Well, for your daily life, this is really important. The road to Emmaus is for your daily life. That's what it's for. The other stories are nice and good and we can learn from it. But for your daily life, you need this. God put this in the Bible for you. Now, let's see. It says, now that same day, it's the day of the resurrection. Yeah? Next week. What does it say? Two of them. We're going to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And it so happened that as they were talking and reasoning with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. God came in Genesis for a walk. Here Jesus comes for a walk. And we have two people. Amen? Then we go on. Luke 24. We skip a little part which I look on later because they have a walk. They have a very nice walk. We're going to look what happened during the walk. But then they get close to their home. And there we come back in the story. And I want verse 29. I see verse 30 on the screen. I want to start with 29. Coming close to their home, it says, And they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. Very good. If Jesus wants to pass by your home, you say, No, I want you in my private situation. Amen? We have him in home. But then, abide with us, for it is towards... Evening. Hmm. And the day now is now far spent. And he went in to abide with them. And it came to pass when he had sat down with them to meet. He took the bread and blessed and breaking it. He gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. And they saw him. Two people breaking the bread with Jesus, eating it, and now the eyes were opened. But now they knew him. Where in the beginning the eyes were put on self and our nakedness. Is it now two people eating? And it's, it's, it's just, why is it on this day? When it went wrong in Genesis, the Lord immediately promised a solution. Did he? 
And so on that very day, on the resurrection day, the Lord is showing it is solved. Your big problem from eyes on self. That's the big problem. That's the biggest ache there is. Me. It's solved. It's taken care of. And the Lord wants us to have our eyes opened again. But now not to know self. Now it is to know Him. The problem is that we can still eat from that other tree. We can still look in the mirror of the law. And that's when our life goes like this. When we're aware of self. When it's bigger than Jesus. When our eyes are actually on us instead of on Him. So on Sunday, you're helped to really get your eyes off all your stuff and all your frustrations and even of your feelings. And you're helped to be focused on Him. But the Lord says, I want that whole week for you. I want more. And it will take time. You just need to learn how to have your walk with the Lord. You can have your own Emma's walk with Jesus. Amen? And you can daily break bread. They broke bread in their home. Wasn't in the church, was in their house. So the Lord wants to have a walk with us through life, and He wants to be private with us. Don't just have a Christian life in church, have Jesus at home. Yeah? Now, what happened during the walk? Now we go a bit back in the story, and it says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He expounded unto them in all the scriptures. The things concerning himself. So Jesus got their mind and their eyes again off of what they thought. But Jesus got their attention to him. And the point was still the time. They already had the law. They had the prophets. And they tried to figure out who is God. What does God want from us? And they never got it. Actually, after the story, they said to one another. It says, and they said... Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? So what happened, they had Moses, they had the law and the prophets, but it wasn't opened. And then Jesus came and he opened the scriptures to them. And what was the effect? Their hearts were burning. Why? The eyes were taking of self. Now it was suddenly things concerning him. Till that time, the law was tough concerning them. You have to. And then Jesus says, no, 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 no. That's all about me. So we need to have scriptures unveiled, opened up to us, that we get a burning heart. So then you need to get stuff in your life, which gets your eyes off you, and put it back on the Lord. Get it out of every form of religion and legalism, and get it on Jesus. Just receiving, hearing the gospel, and believing it. So, the law was, thou shalt, thou shalt not, but it had more. Because Jesus kept the law perfectly. So the law is fulfilled. But in, the, in their time, if you broke the law, you need to come with a lamb. So if the scriptures, how to open the scripture? Shall we open the scripture? Let's try to get that burning heart. So what happened when you sinned, when you broke the law, you needed to come with a lamb. And that lamb needed to be 
spotless. And then you went into the temple, and there you came, and there something happened, which, let's play it again. We did it this morning, went well. This morning we had a spotless lamb. His wife doesn't agree. But I'm the minister. I'm standing here in faith. I'm saying it's a spotless lamb. Can I have a hand for Pastor Alvin? Don't worry, brother. Whenever we play this, my, my wife also thinks that when they choose me as the spotless lamb, she doesn't believe it. So what happened is that I'm the sinner, I broke the law, and I'm coming with my spotless lamb. And uh, the next thing which happens, and now I leave my role as the sinner, but rem remember, it was the sinner who came. I'm going to be the priest. And what the priest did in the temple, he, he actually represented the eyes of God. So God is also observing. We tend to observe, we tend to use our eyes. It's a lot about eyes. You know, eyes were opened, opened, observing. Now what the priest did, and the priest represented the eyes of God, he inspected the lamb. What's interesting about it? The eyes of God were not on the sinner. God didn't inspect the sinner. He didn't, ins didn't observe the sinner. He's only inspecting the lamb. Now when the priest said, it's spotless, it's good, it qualifies. Then the next thing which happened, that the sinner himself or herself helped with killing the lamb. They really made it personal. And then the next thing is that the sinner walks away rejoicing. Why? The eyes of God have approved the lamb and blood is shed. Yeah? Okay, thanks. Perfect lamb. And your wife is glad we didn't kill you over here. <laughs> because she loves you. Amen. Now, if the Lord fulfilled this, if, if, if let's now open the scriptures and see the things concerning Jesus. Yeah? Now, towards the Day of Atonement, uh, the Israeli families, the Jews, all got a lamb into the house four days before the Day of Atonement. So um, they also picked the lamb and it had to be spotless. And then they had it in the family. They had it with them. So the kids got attached to it. And, and actually it was also meant to be inspected over that period. And the last time the Lord lived normally with his disciples in Galilee. And three times a year they came up to Jerusalem for the feasts. And the last time he came for the Passover. And then they came into Jerusalem exactly the moment that the family took in the lamb. The Lord arrived in Jerusalem. So Jerusalem received her lamb. And then he got inspected. Because the Sadducees were challenging him and inspecting him. Saying how he stood in life after death. Then the Pharisees tried to attack him, tried to find fault with him, tried to make him make mistakes. He went to the Sanhedrin. It's like the religious court. He went to Pilate, which is the worldly court. 
he went to Herod. Everywhere where the lamb came, he was inspected. And you know what the conclusion was? They couldn't get anything on him. He is spotless. Even Pilate declared it. I can find no fault in this man. So, he was the lamb for us. And the eyes of God are on him. And is he declared spotless by God? Yeah. And did he die for you? Yeah. What should we be doing as so-called sinners? Rejoice. Rejoice. We walk away. And, and the difference is, with the lamb, they had to do it time after time. And then Jesus came and said, I'm the once for all sacrifice. We're done. You don't have to come back anymore. And you're considered spotless. Because actually what happened, if the sinner put the hands on the lamb, two things happened. The sin of the sinner went over on the lamb. And the spotlessness of the lamb went over on the sinner. That's often forgotten. We, we, know, we know, yeah, you need to lay hands on the goat. And then the sins are declared over the goat. Yeah, but why did it need to be spotless? Because the spotlessness of the goat need to come over to you. So was Jesus righteous? Yes. And are your sins put on him? Yeah. But it's also his righteousness transferred to you. Yeah, that's why the sinner can walk away happy. Yeah. So really everything in the, in the scripture is about him. And it's really fulfilled. Isn't it marvelous that what happened in Genesis, what it went wrong, that on the resurrection day it's played out that it's all well again. And that our eyes are open to see him now as the real lamb. Shall we try to get a bit more burning heart? Now. It's all about the Lord, we know now. Just, just that the scriptures need to be opened. And then we see it and think, wow. Now, in uh, the garden of Gethsemane, uh, there we know that the Lord is with the disciples and that they fall asleep on him and he's sweating blood. And uh, actually, the, the, the horrific suffering starts there. And then we, we know they walk away, they get half into a fight, but then suddenly there's just this line which we often read and think, oh, well, let's read it in Mark 14. So we are... In the garden of Gethsemane. And the Lord is about to be taken away by the Romans. With help of the Roman soldiers to the Sanhedrin. Then it says. Then the disciples all deserted him. And fled. Now. If this is all for us. If you, if you feel in your life left alone. Everyone deserted you. I can tell you the Lord can feel with you. Even if you're in the church. And you say no one sees me. The Lord knows what that means. If you're in a situation where it gets tough and then suddenly some people are not your friend anymore. The Lord knows what that means. He did that for us to be able to feel with us. Amazing, huh? And then it says suddenly a certain young man wearing nothing but a linen garment started following him. And the young man seized him. And leaving his linen garment, he fled from them naked. What is this? 
we saw now that we need to compare. So what did Adam and Eve find out in the first garden? Their eyes were opened and they saw they were naked. naked. Then they need to be driven out. They need to leave the garden. And what did they lose there? Their close connection with the Lord. Linen in the Bible is a picture of righteousness. So here you see where, where this is just a picture of Adam. Adam fleeing the garden, having to leave behind his righteousness. But Jesus picks it up here from Adam. Jesus takes the place. He takes our place here in another garden. And then he ends up like Adam because he dies. Amen? Like Adam died, Jesus picks it up, and he ends up dying. And in between, you see even that, uh, that the Lord really walked the walk from Adam, which goes south. All the suffering, all the, the terrible things which happened to him. And then we end up, for instance, uh, Pilate making a statement. John 19. We read verse 4 and 5. Pilate, therefore, went forth again and said unto them, Behold... I bring him forth to you, that you may know that I find no fault in him. He's talking about Jesus. And then it goes on. Then came Jesus forth, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate said unto them, Behold the man. You know, when Adam lost his glory, it's a picture of us. We lost all our glory. We didn't reign in life anymore. We should have authority. But the stripes, Jesus already had that moment when the rope was put over him. He's here the picture of Adam. Behold the man. God created man and he lost all his glory. Here you see, Jesus really took our place. Amen? It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. But he did it. He did it. He took our place. He took our place. What I forgot to say, when he was inspected, everyone inspected him. The Sadducees had a take on him, the Pharisees, everyone. And we also often have that in our lives, that we are inspected or we feel inspected or we inspect ourselves or people inspect us. But Jesus is inspected. So you don't have to let that to be defining for your feelings anymore. You are perfect. You are perfect. Because of course we see the signs of Adam's life in our lives. Of course. We, 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 we sometimes walk in lost glory. But then Jesus is our glory. He's our new regained glory. We, we, in some areas in our life, we don't reign in life. Stuff reigns over us. But you know when that can grab a hold, that stuff reigning over us, when we have our eyes on us, thinking that by our effort it needs to be solved. Or that they have a point when they say, I inspect you and you are wrong. It's your fault. You could have changed it. But the Lord says, no. I'm inspected. I'm spotless. I'm your glory. And that's the way to get out. And that's also that we go less like this, even feeling-wise, in our emotions. Now, the Emmaus guys, they are so excited 
Oh, they are, they have, with their burning hearts, they say, you know what? We go back to Jerusalem. They even didn't have a fight about it. They, why do I say that? They were probably man and wife. <laughs> Adam and Eve, start with Adam and Eve, and then from the two people to Emmaus, is only the name of one is mentioned, which is Cleopas, which actually means son of a glorious father. But then the other one is not mentioned, so it's probably his wife. Because it would be unhonorable if it were two men that only one guy is mentioned. And they lived in one house. And they just decide, we go back to Jerusalem. No fight. They just met Jesus, you know. <laughs> All good. <laughs> Let's go back. And then they go to the disciples. They go in the upper room. And then it says this in Luke 24, 36. And as they spoke these things, so they were telling them, man... We had a walk with the Lord and our eyes are opened. And as they were speaking these things, he himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be unto you. If we look in Genesis, where were the trees planted? In the midst. And you see, when you eat from the right tree, your eyes are opened and you know him. And it's the tree of life. And he's standing in the midst. We only have the challenge, and we can help each other with that and encourage each other with that, to leave him in the midst. Not again put ourselves in the midst. Let him be in the midst of our lives. Let it be all revolving around him. Now, who would like to eat from the tree of life? It's very easy. You can eat now from the tree of life. Because the tree of life is there. He's standing in the midst. He's here also in the midst. If we allow him, he's in the midst. And when the church is together, he is in our midst. Now, you know what's the, the, how you eat the fruit from the tree of life? It's the fruit from his lips. So what's the first thing, the tree of life, when he's standing in the midst? What's the fruit of his lips? What's coming forth from him? Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. You have eternal peace with the Father. The tree of life is the righteousness of God. And because of him being your righteousness, you have peace with God. The righteousness of the spotless lamb is transferred to you. You have peace with God. You only need to hear the gospel. Peace be unto you and believe it. You have eternal peace with your Father in heaven. It's settled forever. No more your behavior. Don't look in the wrong mirror where it's again about you. Keep on looking in the mirror of Jesus. Eat from him. Um, when John, the Apostle John, I think is one of the closest to the heart of the Lord. Who wants to be like that? Really close to his heart. He describes him and he says, we beheld his glory. The glory of the only begotten of the Father. And he, until that time they had the problem that they tried to define God, who is God, by the scriptures. So they looked at the law and they thought, God is probably pretty angry with us when we break it. But then John says, the word became flesh. And it was completely different. 
what we thought God would be according to the scriptures, when he became flesh, when the word became flesh, was totally different. It was glorious. That's why Jesus had to open the scriptures to the Emmaus guys, because the scriptures closed give you a wrong impression. They make you look at you as bad and God as angry. So then John says, we, we beheld him and we were in shock. He was glorious and he was full of grace and truth. And we could stop listening to the prophets. Even John the Baptist said, yeah, he uh, who comes after me, he was already there before me, so he's bigger. So listen to him. And then he says, out of his fullness, we've all received grace upon grace. And the problem with the Galatians was the very first verse, they went from grace to self-effort. From Jesus to me. Well, if we have Jesus in the midst, what flows to you is grace upon grace. Whatever you need, whether it's healing, it comes by grace. Is it provision you need? It comes by grace. It's grace upon grace. And when Paul says about the gospel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, he ends up saying, for the righteousness of God is revealed in it. Jesus is your righteousness. And it says, from faith to faith. So what happens during our day? I know myself righteous. I walk out of this sermon and you know you're righteous. Amen? You are righteous because Jesus is your righteousness. It's not your behavior. It's his behavior. Wow. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm not righteous. Christ is righteous, but I'm one with him. Now, he's my righteousness. I cannot fail it anymore. But then it says that righteousness is revealed from faith to faith, not from faith to works. That's why John says we all receive grace upon grace, and we should respond to that to live from faith to faith. Not back to self or works. And then the last scripture says, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. And then you see God's heart for us. God's heart for you. What He really, really wants for you. Can we have 2 Corinthians 3, 18? But we all, Dutchies, Filipinos, any other nations, we all, we all, with an unveiled face. You know, when you're veiled, the scriptures were veiled. Our eyes were veiled. When it's all veiled, you see wrong. You see a man with a hand lifted. And you look through the veil, you see, you don't see his face too sharp. You just see a shadow. The old covenant is called the shadow. And what, what, what's your conclusion if you think you're bad and God stands like this? He might hit me. And then the veil is taken away. We with an unveiled face. We see a glorious shining face. From a God who is ready to bless you. It's the opposite. It's the opposite of our human mind. What we conclude. It's the opposite. And we with an unveiled face. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Are being transformed into the same image. From glory to glory just as by the spirit of the lord that spirit which remains strong if we don't walk in self-effort but hearing the gospel hearing good stuff have our hearts burned by the scripture so we receive grace upon grace 
we try to live in that from faith to faith and then our life will from go from glory to glory that's what god wants for us and whatever you think of yourself or whatever others make you think of yourself or circumstances make you think of you what this scripture is saying look look in the right mirror and if you look in that mirror you know what happens with you you don't see yourself it's actually the light of jesus coming in that mirror and it shines on you it's the light of jesus who he is spotless perfect glorious that light through a mirror shines on you you don't look in a mirror where you see you we look now in a mirror where we see christ being reflected on us So how beautiful are you? How perfect are you? And this is God's heart for you. And He wants you to know it. And He wants you to live it. You are wonderful. You are glorious. You are beautiful. Yes, but, yes, but, yes, but. Oh, wrong mirror. Turn. Turn, other mirror. Yes, and it will become manifest. The glory will become manifest if you keep your eyes on Him. Your eyes are made to be put on Him. You know, if you, if you think that it's a lot about the eyes, did you ever realize that if you use your eye to look at itself? Try it. I want to have some fun. Honey, let me make a picture. They're going to use their eyes to look at their own eyes. You can try to use one eye to look at the other eye. That's as far as it gets. <laughs> your eyes are not meant, the purpose of your eye are not to look at self. And it's exactly with your faith. Your eyes, the eyes of your heart are made to be pointed at Jesus. And then the right information comes in. And then we rise, we walk in the Spirit. Can I pray for you? Father, we are so precious to you. You were ready to send your son. The most precious you had, you were willing to give for us. And, uh, but you also know that we're still living on this earth in a body, a human body, which is mortal. So sometimes we just struggle to enjoy you and to celebrate our life with you. But here we are. And we know now, you want us to have an Emma's walk with you. You want us to have it privately. You want us daily to know you better. And we just want to ask, help us. Help us bring the right things to us. Whether it's worship, whether it's a book, whether it's a sermon. Let it be the gospel. Lord, and, and, and don't let me be captured by the world and it's turmoil and thinking I don't have time for that because it's not true we have time to learn more and more to keep ourselves in you and Lord Jesus we want to say we want you in the midst we want you as our tree of life just help us how that practically works in our daily life in our relationships in our jobs how to have you at the center and how to eat from you how to have our eyes on you and and have you shining on us Lord, and when we have a past where we were always told that we're worth nothing or that we're ugly 
Lord, let all the, the power of those words be broken. Let our souls be healed and restored. Let our minds and brains be cleansed. Because it's not true. We are beautiful. We are yours and we are shining you. And thank you, Lord, that you were willing to come. And thank you for putting the road to Emmaus in the Bible. We know now that you didn't have to live then to have a burning heart and to know you. It's also for us. And I bless you all that you'll manage to have a wonderful walk with your Lord Jesus. He's already standing ready to go out from here with you, to have that walk with you, to be with you in your home, break the bread there with you. You are not alone. He is so willing and with most pleasure, he will come with you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, follow us on social media or visit us at newlifethefort.com. Thank you.